Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. What's up, TC? Let's give it up for everybody in the house one more time. We are so excited that you guys are here. Now listen, now I want to let you know I came to preach this morning, so I hope y'all are ready to help me out just a little bit. All right, so turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you're ready. All right, say it like you believe it this time. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you're ready. All right, all right. We're kicking off the last part of our Shine series today, uh, and it's been a great series so far. And as we've been talking about Shine every week, I've kicked it off talking about my grandma's house. So I figured we'd take it back to my grandma's house. Now, this is your first time experiencing the Shine series. We've been talking about a number of things with my grandma. We've talked about her fried chicken. Come on, somebody. I said, I'm talking about that buttermilk-soaked, double-dredged, salty fried chicken. Okay, I thought we were on the same page. Got the right garlic and salt content. Come on, somebody. Like, I'm just, let's go. We'll shut it down. End it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, And then she'd have the collard greens, black-eyed peas. Come on, somebody. Okay. The mac and cheese that when you cut it, it stays together. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, see, we are all in one accord right now, Book of Acts style. Like, this is how. So she would make the the cornbread in the cast iron skillet. Y'all know you got to fry it a little bit first. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Then the next week we talked about how she made them homemade biscuits in the cast iron skillet. They're about this big. Y'all know what I'm talking about? She made homemade preserves. Boy, we'd just be going in. But today, I bring to you her cast iron skillet apple pie. You know, how, you know when you got just the right amount of apples to brown sugar to butter to nutmeg to cinnamon ratio? You know what I'm talking about, right? And then you just throw in an extra half a cup of brown sugar just because, you know? And you make it in the cast iron skillet. And you put it in the oven, see, the sugar gets on the crust enough that it starts turning into, like, toffee almost. Okay. Some of y'all are like, can we end this now? Like, can we leave? I, I want some apple pie right now. So, uh, but she made some amazing food. Now, I know some of you are like, how in the world does this apply to the Bible? Well, I'm going to show you. Because I believe that it is God's desire for us to live a life of flavor in the midst of a bland world. Let's go to Matthew 5 for our theme verse for the whole series. This is in the NLT. And it says, you are the salt of the earth. Say salt. But if the salt loses its flavor, can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot uh, as worthless. Then it says, you are the light of the world. Say light. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. He says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine. Say shine. For all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. He said, live a life that would cause everybody else to look to God and say, I don't know about every other Christian in the world, but this one's got to be real. I don't know what God's doing in everyone else's life, but what he's doing in this person's life is real. So we should live a life 
that shows God in that way. Now, I know some of you may be thinking right now, I don't know if I can be light and salt. Like, I still got some stuff I'm getting figured out. Where am I figuring it out, people at? Y'all in here? Okay, eight, nine, ten, the rest of y'all lying. You're figuring out lying. Okay, that's how it works. So, but we are all still figuring this out. So how can I do that? How can I change the world, Brad? How can I, I how many of y'all know the cliche deal? It's like, go change the world. It's like, listen, I, I can't even stick to a diet. Okay, you know what I'm saying? How am I going to change the world? Like, my budget is broken every week. I don't think I can change anybody else. So y'all know what I'm talking about. Where are my spenders at? Spenders, spenders, spenders. Okay, good. The rest of y'all, savers, losers. Okay, so, but, but I'm here to tell you this. I want you to grab a hold of this. On your own, you can. On your own, you'll never change you or anybody else. But I'm here to tell you today that when God steps into your life, he can change you in such a way that you'll change the world around you. So when God shows up in your life, it should, show, it should cause you to be the flavor to the world that's bland and the light to the world that's dark. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants to do something. Let's go to Genesis 12 for a second. I want to show you a promise that God made to Abram. Now, to be clear, this isn't a, a promise given to us. This is a promise given to Abram in the Bible in the Old Testament. But I want to show you something. And everywhere there's a I will or a you will, I want you to say it out loud with me. Okay, let's go. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. This is God talking. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those that curse you and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. Now, to be clear, this is a promise given to Abram and, and just to catch you up in case you don't know this, everything in the Bible isn't written to you and me. So there's parts of the Bible that was written to a different people group at a different time. Everything's not written to us. But when we look at context, we can see what God means for it to mean to us. All right. And so I want to show you what's happening and how it applies to us. You see, he says, I will make you into a great nation. Now, he doesn't mean for us in the New Testament. That's what we live in still in a New Testament life. He's not saying that I'm going to make you a great nation as in America will be awesome. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about I will take you and I will make you part of a people group that my hand is on their life. He said, I will take you and make you part of a, a, a nation, a people group, a gathering, a covenant, a promise. I'll take you and I'll make you something over here. And I'll make you part of something that the rest of the world marvels at what I'm doing in them. He says, so I'll make you a great nation or people group. I'll, I will make you and then I will bless you. How many of y'all want to walk in the blessing and favor of God, right? How many, how many of you want everything that God has that he could give you? You want him to give it to you, right? So he says, I will bless you. I will make your name great. Now he's talking to, again, the children of Abram. But I want you to understand something. Though we're not the children of Abram, we get to walk in a covenant that our name might not be great, as in Brad or Justin or Ryan, but then the name Christian applied to our life means I will make you great amongst the world because the promise still remains. You're not awesome because you're awesome. You're awesome when God shows up in your life. So, you, you know, you can post all the inspirational Instagram stories you want to about how, man, I'm just, it's my time. It's my moment. 
But hear me, when God shows up, it can be your time and your moment. Because God is looking to do something great through your lives. I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. Now, this is the part where it gets real fun for me. Because how many of y'all got some people on your team you want to see make it? How many of y'all got some people you just, 70 of y'all? What are y'all doing? How many, how many of y'all got people on your team you want to see make it? Where, all right, yeah, okay, good. Like, I want to see them blessed. I want to see them highly favored. I want to see God do amazing things in their life. I, man, we're on the same team, and I want to see God do something amazing. So I'm cheering for the people that's on my team. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But how many of y'all got some people that are hating on you and dogging on you, talking bad about you, and don't want to see you succeed? Seven of y'all, man, what are all y'all, I'm going to hang out with you guys then. Like, well, how many of y'all know we got some, you got, i tell you what, go to Facebook right now and post something. You'll find somebody that's got something bad to say about you. <laughs> but in all honesty, not necessarily just the people that have something to say, but for those of you that feel like you can't go anywhere because of your past and what people are holding over your head, I'm here to tell you, God's saying, I will bless those that bless you and anyone that's got something to come against you with, I'll sit them down in Jesus' name. He says, I'll take care of you. And then this is the part that I want you to get today. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. He said, all the people on earth will be blessed through you. Now, with Abram, he's talking about that there's a promise of the Messiah that's going to come through his lineage. But hear me, it's not that the promise of the Messiah is going to come through us, but it's the preaching of the Messiah that's going to come through us. And so God says, I want you to live a life that impacts the world around you. But the thing is, and this is what I want you to get today, you have to go. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to go. I don't mean go as in leave, sit down. Okay, so stay calm. But you have to go. You're, you're, you're going to have to go because the contingency, right? The part that makes Genesis 12, 2, and 3 work is actually found in verse 1. Let's look at it. He says, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, go from your people, and go from your father's household to the land I will show you. He said, and then he says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will, all those I wills, they come after he goes. And what I want you to understand today is that for some of you, God is saying the same thing that he said to Abram. I want you to go. I want you to leave your country. Not, maybe not literally. Like I'm not telling you to move to Africa. I'm just telling you. Leave the place where you've grown comfortable. Leave the place where you've grown tired. Leave the place where you've grown weary. Leave the familiar. Leave the thinking of the past and go into the renewing of your mind. Leave your worldly idols, your political allegiances, your old way of actions. Leave your addictions. Leave all of the people that are never going to get the promise because they're not willing to go towards God the way you're trying to go towards God. Leave that behind. And if you'll go, you'll get. You see, all of us want the blessing of God, but all of us aren't willing to go towards God. Now, I don't know about you. I'm guilty of this. I know none of you are, so I'm going to go ahead and give you that escape real quick. I'm guilty of saying, God, I'm over here, and when you're ready to take care of me, I'll be on the couch. Like, I, I'm over here. God, I need you to bless me. I want favor. I want you to come through my finances, supernatural strength in Jesus' name, hedge of protection around me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, all, I want all of that, but I'm not really necessarily re ready to work for any of it. 
Now I know I step on your toes. I'm sorry. What I'm here to say is God's saying, if you'll get moving, you'll get promises. But he looked at Abram and said, go. And when you go, then I will bless you. Then I'll make you a great nation. Then I'll give you promises. And I'm here to tell you today that you have to get moving because I want that blessing. I want that favor. And, and one of the words we use in charismatic circles is called the anointing. I want the anointing of God on my life. The, the anointing means you've been selected or chosen for a specific purpose and calling. And then that means that God is going to resource you, fill you, lead you, and guide you to accomplish what he's called you to accomplish. I want that in my life. How many of y'all want Yes? Turn to your neighbor and say, I want it. Come on, say it like you believe it. Say, I want it. So here's the thing. Too many of us are looking for the anointing in our jobs, in our degrees, in our income, in our homes, in our families, in our marriage, in our knucklehead children. Like we're, we are looking for God to show up in a powerful way in all these different areas of our life. But hear me. I want you to understand this. We're looking for God to bless areas that we've let him be bypassed in. But hear me. I put this in your notes. The anointing never falls on the inactive. You see, we want blessing and favor, but we don't want to do anything to go get it. Again, no, no, I know I'm not talking to any of you right now. But we want to be inactive and anointed. I'm here to tell you today that if God's going to select you, call you, resource you, fill you, lead you, guide you, and strengthen you, that means he's ready for you to start moving somewhere in Jesus' name. How many of you believe that God is ready to do something great with your life? All right, come on. So let's, how, how does God want to use me? I want to take it to Mark chapter 2, and that's where we're going to step into the section. Mark chapter 2, we see a story where Jesus is in this particular city, and he heals someone. But I want to show you what it looks like. Mark 2, 1 through 5, right? Oh, uh, by the way, in your notes, the contingency for you getting is you going. So we're talking about, I want to get the anointing. I want to get the favor. I want to get the blessing. Hear me. The contingency for getting it is going towards it. So if we'll get moving, God will start showing up. So Mark 2, 1 through 5, Jesus again entered Capernaum and the people heard that he had come home. So they gathered in such large numbers, there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. And so some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. Y'all, these cats tore the roof off. Like, I'm looking for people on my team that are willing to tear a hole in the roof to make sure I get close to Jesus. Like, I'm looking for people on my team that are so like, hey, I want to make sure that you're close to him, that you're believing in him, that your faith is in him, that he's leading you, that he's guiding. I'm looking for people to have on my team that are so strong in who they are in God, they'll do whatever it takes to keep me close to God. So they tore a hole in the roof. Now, if it was my house... I'm, I'm going to walk in there like, um, excuse me, what are y'all doing? It's going to rain tomorrow. I hope y'all plan on fixing this. But he, they tear a, a hole in the roof, and then they lowered the mat the man was lying on, and when Jesus saw their faith, whose faith? Their faith. He didn't say when Jesus saw his faith, 
He said when Jesus saw their faith. Now I want you to picture this for a second. We got the four guys over here and we got the paralyzed man over here. They lowered the paralyzed man to Jesus and hear me. They lowered the man. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. We got the man over here. We got the four guys over here. And when they lower the man with the need over here, Jesus looks over here. And he says, because of your faith, this man is healed. I need some people in my life that are willing to have enough faith to believe for my miracle, right? I need some people in my life that I can also help get them somewhere. I need people in my circle. We need to be building a faith community that is believing so much, not just for my need, but for their need, that I'm going to get them close to Jesus, knowing that on my faith, God's going to do something great in their life. And so... Jesus looks at him and says, you've been healed. Now, there's three different people groups that show up in this passage. I want to give them to you, okay? We got the crowd who's there to hear the word. Now, they, we don't know if they believe, they're just, but Jesus in town, I'm going to hear him, all right? So, these are the spectators. Because in the church world today, we have people that'll show up to hear the word, but it never motivates them to do anything with it. So these are spectators. Turn to your neighbor and say spectators. You see, I want you to understand something. Many of us want to be active in our faith, but the kingdom of God doesn't give out participation trophies. So if you're going to be on the winning team, that means you've got to work with the team. I'm going to move quickly past that. I can see that was not. Okay. Then there's the friends that lowered the man. These are the people that are at work in their faith. These are the participators. They're the ones participating in what God is doing. I'm not just going to sit, sing, and tithe. I, I, I want to do, I'm ready to live a life where God is empowered, anointed, blessed, and is leading me to do something great in someone else. I don't just want the label Christian. I want to show the world Christian, right? And so we, we see that these are the participators, and then there's the man that gets healed, which is the receiver. Say receivers. So we got say spectators. Say participators. And say receivers. All right. See, many of us have found ourselves just being a spectator in our faith. I'm going to show up. I'm not going to do anything, though, but I'm going to show up. I'm never going to tell my neighbor, my coworker, anyone like I'm not going to tell them I believe in Jesus. Matter of fact, I can't even promise you my life is going to represent Jesus that well. But I'm going to show up. Hear me for a second. If you are a spectator, keep showing up. I know you expect me to be like, you better get your life. No, 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 no. If you're a spectator today and you haven't allowed God to engage your faith at such a level that you're active with it, keep showing up. Come back next week. Okay. Keep showing up. There's some of us that have been receivers even, right? Some of you might be a receiver today. I believe that God does genuinely want to reach out and touch the heart of some of you that are far from him to bring you close to him. Because a life with Jesus is the greatest life you could ever live. Some of us have only ever been spectators and receivers. So we come, we show up, we don't do anything with our faith. We're just here, we're listening. I had a great word today, Pastor. Thank you. Thumbs up. See you next week. Go and eat some fried chicken. Okay, so that is, and then we show up next week, and then all of a sudden we need a miracle from God and we lean in. 
So God, I need you to show, I need you in my finances. I had to pay six bills this month, whatever. We become a receiver. And as soon as we receive, we go back to spectator. But I do believe that some of you who have been spectators and have been receivers, God is calling you in this season to become participators. That you would allow your faith to become active. We want more than a spectator. We want participators. God wants participators. He wants people that are now becoming active in what he's calling them to do. And I'm here to tell you that if you're at a point in your life, at least at TC, where you're like, I want to get plugged in. That's it. I I don't just want to be a spectator. I'm glad I'm a receiver, but I want to be a participator. If that's you, I want to invite you to come the next steps next week after the 1030 service, and we'll help you get moving in your participation. All right. But I'm here to tell you that God wants you to become active in your faith. The problem is, even if we are participators, most of us don't surround ourselves with participators. You see, we don't necessarily surround ourselves with participators, but we got plenty of instigators. Come on, somebody. Always got some trouble. They're trying to start with somebody. How many of y'all got some irritators? (laughs) They might have the same last name as you, okay? So just, it just they constantly, all they do is irritate you. Every time they come around, how many of y'all got some agitators, irritators, and instigators? And if you don't have any, get on Facebook right now, and you'll find all that you need, okay? So, because how many know you can put your opinion out there, and it doesn't matter what it is, sky is blue. Actually, well, we got... How many of y'all got some irritators or instigators? How many many of y'all got some people in your life? They just, sister sandpaper, mad all the time, rubbing everybody the wrong way constantly. Y'all know, like, we got people in our life. Why? We have agitators, irritators. Then we got speculators that want to tell you all the things in your life you're doing wrong, but ain't never got their stuff together. So they, oh, you know you shouldn't be doing that. I don't know if that relationship is for you, honey. You ain't had a successful one in 18 years. I don't know why you're coming at mine. Like, they, they show up every time you feel like you're moving forward. I don't know. The last time you weren't successful, you said last time, I thought you was a Christian. If you was a Christian, you wouldn't be doing them. They're speculating on your life, but they're never getting active in theirs. Oh, 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 so you, you're a Christian. We can't hang out now, huh? Oh, I thought, I thought God set you free from it. Oh, you can't come to our part. You can't come to this. We're going to be doing these things. If, you, if we're doing these things, I know you don't want to show up. And listen, all you got is some speculators around you that don't ever want to see you go anywhere because they've never gone anywhere. But I'm going to tell you, if you're going to become a participator, you're going to have to start separating yourself from the speculators and the irritators and the agitators and the instigators and all the other gators or whatever, all, the, all these other people who are stepping into your life and hear me, brick walling your purpose. Some of you have sacrificed the call of God on your life trying to slow down for the people that will never speed up. And God's saying, how about you just start running my speed and I'll work them out? How many are ready to run with Jesus? Okay, so he wants to move. And that's why, hear me, that's why small groups are so important, man. 
We have small groups. That's why groups are so important because you need to get around some people that are ready to build you up in your faith. I need some people in my circle that'll tear a hole in the roof if that's what it takes to get me close to Jesus. I need people in my circle that'll look at me and say, hey, listen, I'm not judging you. I'm not trying to hold you down. I'm trying to hold you back. But there's something in your life right now that isn't quite where it needs to be. And I want to help lead you closer to Jesus so we can deal with that thing. We need people in our lives that are helping us get where we're trying to go. So small groups, man, check those out. First Wednesday, we're going to worship together. This Wednesday night, we're going to worship together. Man, we're going to hear, I'm assuming it's going to be a great word. I'm preaching it, so that sounds conceited, so I don't want to do that thing, but like, uh, we're, going to, we're going to bring the word. We're going to worship together. It's going to be an amazing night, but you're going to be surrounded by people who are participating in their faith, trying to participate in your faith so that we can get where God is leading us, so we can be the change that the world needs to see. So, but hear me today. Someone needs your testimony. Someone needs your story. And so many people tell me, Brad, you just don't understand. Like, I can't, I, I ain't even got it figured out yet. Honey, none of us got it figured out yet. We just all working on it together. Okay? Some of us tearing holes in the wrong roof. Okay? Like, oh, that wasn't it. My bad. I didn't even know. Like, so we, some of us are, are still working on it. If you're still working on it, raise your hand. I told a lady just last week, she said, I'm so, I'm so glad to be here. I just feel, I just, I feel like a lot of people are looking at me, though, because I got so much stuff in my past. I said, honey, I just want you to understand something. Ain't nobody looking at you right now, okay? We are all working on our own stuff, okay? So, like, we are good. But I want you to understand, someone needs your story. And for many of you, you think that what you've gone through disqualifies you from being part of God's calling on your life. And I'm here to tell you that when God called you to walk through it, he gave you permission to talk to it. I said when God called you to walk through it, whether it was a, a, a painful situation, whether it was a chaos, whether it was a loss of a loved one, and whether it was doubt in your faith because God didn't come through the way you thought he was going to come through. Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it was hurt. Maybe it was struggle. Maybe it was something that happened in your past. I'm here to tell you today that don't use that as a reason to hide. Use it as a reason to shine so that God can see that if he can bring you through it, he can bring anybody through it, all right? I'm here to tell you today, if God can do something great in your life, he can do something great in anybody's life. If he can put me up here, he can put anybody anywhere. I'm here to tell you today that God wants to do something great in your life. Don't let what you've been through be the reason for disqualification because God takes the disqualified and makes them qualified. So let that be the reason that you get moving because we have to live the life that's going to shine. So what would it look like for me to live a life that shines? So I want to take you to Isaiah 61. And the prophet Isaiah is speaking there. He says this, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. And he says this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me. Now, I pause right there because I want you to see the three things that happens when you step into your calling. The spirit of God. Now, to be clear, this is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. That spirit of God is upon you. 
In other words, as a believer in Christ, he is commissioning, leading, driving, guiding, and calling you to go do something with your life now. Okay, so hey, that, that spirit is upon me. He, the spirit is resting on you, and he's going to give you all that you need because the Lord has what? Anointed me. That means he has resource. He will lead in God, strengthen, and give courage to you to do all that he's called you to do. Now, I want to pause right here for just a second because I want you to understand something. Your personality type is not a reason not to do what God called you to do. Some people are like, but you don't understand. I'm shy. I don't, I don't even really love people. I ain't asking you to love them. I'm just asking you to show them. God is not in his word telling you, you just got to just be everybody's best friend. Y'all know some people that's everyone's best friend, right? Like there's some people in this church right now, about eight only, about eight, that are everyone's best friend and never met a stranger. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You're like, <laughs> But for the rest of us, in Jesus' name, right? So, uh, but for the rest of us, hear me, who God made you and the personality that you have is not a reason not to do the thing God's called you to do. See, when he anoints you to do something, he resources you to do that thing, even if that means overcoming your shyness, especially now in the 21st century with technology, uh, because people don't know how to talk to anyone anymore. We just... Like we text the same people we're in the room with. Like you could have just said that, but okay, whatever. Right. So like we've lost the ability to communicate, but I'm here to tell you, God will give you all that you need to fulfill all that he's called you to do. To preach good tidings to the poor. Now, to be clear, I'm not talking about wealth poor. I'm not talking about people that don't have money. I'm talking about those that are poor in spirit that don't have God. So I've anointed you to go to those who don't have God to preach to them the good news of God. Then he's sending. Say sending. He sent me. Now I want you to hear what the prophet Isaiah says he sent them to do. Because contextually, I believe it's the same thing God is sending us to do. To heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives. The opening of the prison, not necessarily a literal prison, although whatever, but uh, the, the opening of the guarded hearts, minds, and spirits of people that are broken and are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Mind you, not vengeance towards us, vengeance towards everything that's trying to destroy us. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. That means everything that was dead, God wants to make alive. The oil of joy for mourning. Everywhere you've been sad, everywhere you've been low, everywhere your depression and your anxiety has controlled you, he wants to replace it with joy. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Now, some translations don't say trees. It says oaks of righteousness. Now, the reason this is important, because I want you to grab a hold of this. Lean in. Everybody online, pay attention. Everybody lean in for a second, right? Trees of righteousness. Some translations say oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. The reason it says it that way is he's saying, I want you to be all of these things. I want you to proclaim and proclaim and console and comfort and all that he just talked about so that your life would stand so strong, so confident, built up so secure and have everything that you need in God that just like these oaks of righteousness, these big trees, that it doesn't matter what wind or storm blows against them, they just keep standing. 
that every reason you have you can't go and you can't proclaim and you can't participate, God's saying it doesn't matter what all these things around you are, that when the wind and storms of life start blowing, you're going to just keep standing and just keep standing. Not only are you going to stand, though, not only are you going to just keep standing, you're going to stand so tall that the world around you is going, I don't know what that one's got, but it's something different than I got. I don't know what they have in their life, but it's something different than I have in mine. I want to know about this hope you've got. I want to know about this joy you've got, because even though you lost that loved one, even though you went through that pain and struggle, even though you turned around and someone passed away, even though you turned around and you lost your job, you got that slip. It looks like you might lose your house. There's a confidence in you that says that my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I'm here to tell you that if we could become the ones that stand tall, it doesn't matter what comes against us because the world will look at us and go, they've got something different than I've got. But hear me, spectators don't get that. Participators get that. And so God is calling us, but hear me, not just that you would be a tree planted that withstands a storm, but that God would use your life to proclaim, preach, comfort, and console so that you could help others become trees planted like God. That we would find ourselves confident with a life of participation that's leading people to become and do something with theirs. For some of you, you feel like you just can't do it though. Some of you are online right now. You're sitting in Starbucks, freaking somebody out. You're clapping, you're saying go and sin. The barista don't know what's happening. But some of you right now, you don't have the confidence because you feel like you're disqualified. But God's saying, man, in my word, I said, I'll use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. When it doesn't make sense, that's just my time. You see, the hard part for many of us today is we're not even sure we can thrive, let alone shine. But the confidence needed for your purpose is found in your planting. The confidence needed for your purpose is found in your planting. In other words, the confidence you need to go, to participate, to do, to be the light, to be the salt, to shine a light that shows the world what God, what you need for that is found in being planted in who God called you to be. When you're connected to God, you've got what you need to stand tall. When you're connected to the source, you've got what you need to shine the light. When you're connected to his word, you've got what you need to show the world where hope comes from. When you're connected to God, you can stand tall because your purpose is found in your planting. So I kicked off today talking about my grandma's house, fried chicken, the cornbread. Come on, somebody. Don't give up on me now. We're back again. All right. But all the stuff that she makes, all the stuff that she cooked is delicious. And we talked about that apple pie. But apples don't grow all year long. 
I know some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. They grow at that grocery store all year long. I can buy them whenever I want. So I've been there. I don't know what you're talking about. Apples don't grow all year long. They only grow in a certain season. But then once they're growing, they take them off the tree. They put them in what they called controlled atmosphere storage. And in controlled atmosphere storage, they essentially put them at rest in such a way that it regulates the temperature and oxygen levels and carbon dioxide and nitrogen and all this stuff that's way over my head. And then they control the humidity in a sealed room and then they sustain it for longevity. I want you to grab a hold of this as we wrap up today because some of you keep starting strong but finishing weak. And I've been in that category before. I come out, man, I'm, God's going to use me. I'm ready. Let's go. Walking through hell with a super soaker, man. Like, just show up, devil. Come on. Like, we just got confidence. But then it don't take long because life will knock you down, won't it? But I want you to grab a hold of this. It's time that we start living a life of a controlled atmosphere. Where the things that could escape us, we, we start finding rest in our elements that don't let the joy escape us. It doesn't let the peace escape us. It doesn't let the hope escape us. We, we cling to who God is and, and it puts us at perfect rest so that we can have perfect peace so that we have the joy, we have the hope, we have the confidence. We're planted to stand tall. We need to start controlling some of our environment so that we can start understanding that it's the purpose that God has called us to, to become participators. And so as we live in those types of environments, we start changing the atmosphere. Some of you, I want to encourage you, you need to start changing how you let your friend circle impact you. You need to start changing how miserable you are at your job. God puts you there. He's got a purpose there. And until you fulfill the purpose, stop complaining and looking for a change. Hear me. There are people, lost people, that need the hope of Jesus. And hear me, they're going to see it in you as they hear what God is doing in your life as you declare the good news of who Jesus is that comes from his word. I'm here to tell you today that we said earlier, listen, pastor, I can't change the whole world. I can't even keep my diet together, especially with my grandma cooking this way. I know you may feel that way. I'm here to tell you, you may never change the world, but God has called you to change your world. And if we're going to change our world, let's let our light shine to the world in such a way that they'll see God in us. Let's pray today. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you give us all that we need. We thank you that our hope is in you. You don't let us down, but you build us up. You haven't disqualified us, but you've qualified us. So God, I just pray right now that for those who have lost their confidence, in their calling, that you would reinstill the fact that you have blessed, anointed, called, you're strengthening, leading, and guiding every single one of us. Maybe we won't change the world, but we're going to change our world. 
And so God, I pray that you encourage, you strengthen, you equip those that have decided I'm gonna become a participator. I'm going through next steps next week. I'm gonna join God. Those that are saying I need a new friend, so I'm gonna start connecting in small groups, whatever it is, whatever the next step is, you're calling each one of us to. God, I pray that we would do it in confidence, that we would get plugged in and we would see you do amazing things through our lives. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and your eyes closed today, if you are here and where you are isn't right with God, you don't know him. You, we've all got things we're dealing with in our life, but you would sit there and say, I don't know God. I got some things in my life that I'm dealing with. I've tried it my way, but I'm ready to try it God's way. He's calling you right now. And if that's you, I'm here to tell you he's ready to meet you. He's ready to do a work in you. And so if you sit there today, you're saying, God, I'm ready to give you my life. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I'm repenting. I'm turning away from the person I used to be. And I'm ready to start marching towards the person you're calling me to be. If that's you, we want to pray with you today. And I'm going to invite you to say this prayer with me in this prayer doesn't make you saved. Your faith in Christ alone makes you saved. But this prayer puts words to the actions of our heart that says, Jesus, I'm giving you my life and I'm believing in you. I wanna invite you to say this prayer with me. The whole church is gonna pray it with you so you're not praying by yourself. So let's pray, church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. I've messed up, but I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for my sins. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I'll follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed today. Man, we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.